Hello, and I'm Joe. I'm Ricky. And this is the Season 3, Episode 5 episode of Beer and Broadband. It comes out on um, May 4th, 2020. So uh, good timing for recording and all that stuff. Because uh, we're kind of still in this everybody staying at home thing. Um, but uh, we got some some interesting stuff to talk about today. First, though, we're going to start off with talking about our beer. So we're going to talk about the Highland Brewing Black Mocha Stout. Um, while Ricky's taking his first sip, because I've actually had this one before. Uh, it's an Asheville beer, so it's North Carolina. Uh, it says, bold coffee and dark chocolate notes command this award-winning dry stout. Um, it is 5% ABV, and it all, all the only other thing it says is rich and malty. So, um, and I don't see, like, uh, any other information on the bottle, so let, let you uh, give us your tasting thoughts there. Too bad. I'll say for a lot of the stouts I've had, you know, when they start throwing out, you know, it's got coffee, dark chocolate, you can generally taste those very separately. They'll be at like different parts of the tasting process. For me, at least, they both kind of just come through together. So that's a little bit muddy, but it definitely does like, if you could give dark a flavor, you know, it tastes dark and it is malty. I mean, it's, it's certainly <laughs> not bad. Um, it's just one of those beers that if you put me on like a pillar and said, here, you need to taste this and tell me it's two or three primary like flavors. I'm not sure I could pull out the chocolate and the coffee separately. So I, I agree completely with that. I think for me, it reminds me and, and not in a bad way, but, um, of all the times that you ever are told like a cigar is supposed to have like, a a coffee or a chocolate kind mm -hmm. of flavor to it. You know, it's a very, it's, it's more like a bitter flavoring of that particular kind of thing. So it's, it's got some astringency to it. It's got some bitterness and those aren't bad. Um, so, cause that sounds kind of like a complaint, uh, but it definitely, it does, it brings those flavors more together than separate. Yeah, what this kind of reminds me of is I had my first, um, like, just regular Guinness a little while back. We were using it to cook with something, and we had a bottle left, so I thought I'd just drink it, because I never had the actual thing. And it tastes like a more flavorful bat. You know, a Guinness doesn't have a lot of, like, secondary flavors. It's just like a good dark beer. Yeah. And this is just like a more flavorful version of that. There's just a little bit more richness, a little bit more, almost like a creaminess to it. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think it it's it's one of those things that if you like stouts or dark beers, you should try, but don't go into it expecting it to have like fruity, grapey, uh, you know, uh, or dried fruits, you know, kind of like a date or something like that. It doesn't have any of those yeah. notes to it. Yeah, don't read chocolate on that label and expect yeah. like chocolate milk. Exactly. Um, or uh, the, what was the Deschutes one that we had that had the, the chocolate um, in it, and it was like dark chocolate, but it wasn't the bitter part of dark chocolate. It was more like the rich part of dark chocolate. Um, the, the, don't expect that at all. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a good beer. 
I, I, I'm I'm down with it, uh, and I think everybody should try it. Uh, you know, this like I said, this isn't my first time having it, but um, yeah, get, give it a shot if you like that sort of thing. If not, I would avoid it uh, because it is definitely it's very Guinness esque, and people that like Guinness would probably like this beer. Um, yeah, so let's talk about. All the stuff that we did over our break um, in the podcast where we did a whole bunch of brews. Um, so I had some, I, I put failures and success in the notes, but I don't know that they were really failures. Uh, they weren't, they were good experiments, I think. Um, but I, I, I learned a lot this winter about brewing. Um, so oh, yeah. let, let's start with what what you did because you you brewed a really good wine this winter, right? Yeah, I think we talked about that some previously, but yeah, I went through and made a strawberry wine that turned out pretty well. Maybe a little bit on the sweet end. The, as I'm trying to get near the end of it, it's maybe a little bit sweeter than I would have liked. But my wife is loving it; she's drank probably more of it than I have. And we gave it to some friends; and it was pretty popular with them. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, for considering I only had the time to do one brew, for it to turn out well and for people to like it was kind of nice. It's rough when you don't have time to brew too much. You get to brew one thing and it just goes all haywire. <laughs> that's that's true. Um, so I also brewed um, what I was calling a sack mead because it was supposed to have like a, maybe a higher ABV or 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 um, something like that, and it did end mm-hmm. up um, finishing fairly high. Uh, I, I think it was like at 16 or 15% okay. ABV. Um, but it is super sweet. I put way yeah. too much honey in it. <laughs> yeah, even just 2 or 3% off can get you some really sweet return because that still pounds of honey. Yeah. Well, I put, it was two gallons and I put eight pounds of honey in it. Um, so I probably should have put more like six pounds of honey. Um, yeah, and the honey I put in was a very sweet clover leaf honey, which is it's delicious, but it's it's like almost it's not as sweet as the time that we drank it before. We're gonna get to taste. We're not gonna do the sack mead this time. We're gonna do the basic mead mm-hmm. that I did because that was actually a better better one. Because um, it's still sweet, but I back sweetened it because it came out very dry, and then I added. Um, I think it was uh, two. It was two more pounds of honey to it. Uh, I probably should, I probably could have done just one pound, and it would have been sweet enough. But it was very it was very dry, and I added uh, another two pounds of honey to it, and it came out very sweet then. So it turned into a very very sweet meat. But it's got a got a wonderful flavor um, and aroma to it. I, I don't want to spoil too much for what we're we're going to end up doing later, but it's, uh, it, it ended up being pretty good. Um, I think that that is a good methodology for the, the brew in the future. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, it, that, that ended up being all right. Um, the, the, uh, we also did the sweet red wine. Uh, I, I learned how to make like grape juice wine basically. Mm-hmm. And then I've got my first hand at, at a stout beer. That I'm trying. Oh yeah, how's that turning out? Um, so it has only gotten to about four percent ABV, which isn't bad. I mean, I'm targeting mm-hmm. somewhere between five and six, 
Um, and uh, it's taken it a bit to brew, but I think I didn't shake it up enough to begin with um, okay. to, to get it to get it to brew. So, you know, it's been three and a half weeks uh, or four weeks and um, it's or no, three weeks. I'm sorry. And it's um, it is I had to put a little bit of extra um, sugars into it to, you know, get it to kind of kick back off. I just I threw like a cup of just table sugar in it to try to get it to kick back off um, and maybe get some carbonation into it uh, and then shook it up and put it back in primary fermentation um, okay. last did, last week. Did you take another gravity reading when you put the sugar in it? I, I did. Um, okay, yeah. It was it, it it didn't it didn't even change by a point. It it was like um it it read the same almost. Um gravity. It was it was just enough to try to um get it to um kick back up just to try to get a little bit of uh a carbonation in it for when I bottle it. So um it's it's part of the kit. Um it's part of what they tell you to do with the kit. One thing I will tell you is it's a little it's a little hoppy um, in the smell, so I'll be interested to see if I actually like it. Um, I'm sure I'll drink it, but uh, it, it if if I buy this one again, which it wasn't expensive for as much beer as I'm making, um, I will get it and do less. I'll probably do it in in two batches. Um, and put and put it at about um, uh, half the amount of grains. You know, mix them up real good. And just put half the amount in one, half the amount in other, half the amount of all the ingredients in one or the other. Um, because uh, I think I would rather kind of spread that out a little bit instead of having it all in one container, so I can do yeah. some some more experiments with it. So yeah, it's it's been a very interesting and uh, fun kind of um, winter, and I think uh, now that we're heading into spring and summer, I'm looking more forward to drinking the beer and the wine, um, and I'm probably going to do another beer brew here up pretty soon. Uh, it'll probably be another stout. I'm probably going to try to to nail that down and get exactly how many hops I like versus you know, other things so I can, I can get that recipe down. So, um, yeah, uh, well, have you been pretty pleased with the stuff that we did this, this, uh, this winter or, um, I mean, I think things went pretty well. You know, the two gallon batches are the best, what I feel are like the best way to learn. They're also kind of the more finicky ones. I was in my personal experience. I found it's harder to nail things. And a two-gallon batch and a six-gallon batch, just because any sort of variance you have affects it a lot more. Mm -hmm. So for what we had come out, I think you did a pretty good job for your half, and I already took that I liked what I managed to get through over the winter. Yeah, I think I think the one big takeaway for wines and meads and everything that I learned is that you really need something that is going to add some tannins and some extra it's not not really flavor but mouthfeel to whatever you make because you can get good flavor out of just juice but it's really hard to get that um that mouthfeel if you're not adding something extra 
so that that is one of the things that when we were brewing at the apartments together, I really I really liked the way that the uh, cherry mead that we did came out because it it had a nice mouthfeel, but we had put the the actual cherries in um, mm. the the mead that we were making. So um, I I think we need to try our hand at that again using um, some of the new techniques that we've learned, but then, you know, having some of that, that also happened with that, that good mouthfeel from the, the fruits and some of the extra things we add to it. Yeah, so how did you feel about the mouthfeel for the red wines you made? Because that's generally one of the big complaints about making red wine from like normal grape juice. It is just chock full of tannins. I mean, that's what makes it so dark. Yeah, so I think we should talk about that in the next, because that's one of the, that won't be the next episode, but that'll be like episode, uh, yeah, it'll be episode 10 of this season that we're going to talk about that, that red wine. And I think, I think I'm, I'm not going to spoil that episode. Gotcha. Um, All right. Yeah, because well, I, well, I, I, I would like to hear what you said. Because you've got a bottle of it over there. That's yeah. true. Um, so, yeah, did you ever play any of the old D&D games like Icewind Dale, Baldur's Gate, Neverwinter Nights, any of that stuff? I didn't when I was a kid. I, oh, I should take that back. I played like one, I believe it was like a PS2 D&D game. I unfortunately don't remember what it was called. It was called uh, Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance. I know because I love that game and I played it like tons <laughs> okay yeah i love that one. i played it through like a bajillion times um it was great i love that it had like co-op so really what we would do even though you're supposed to like play together is me and my friend would log in and we just try and fight each other we try and kill each other and see uh how it went but um no i love those i then later in college my wife um while attempting to buy me a copy of that game um bought me like a, a compilation of the Baldur's Gate games, the original ones, so like the first one, the second one, and then like their expansion. And I, I'll admit, I played them a little bit. Wasn't really too into D&D in that part of my life. So not knowing a lot of the rules or even the 2E system like at all, um, I struggled with a little bit. I've been considering going back and trying to play them again. But I got decently far the first time I tried to play it. And then just completely exploded. My whole party died in one fell swoop. It wasn't fun. <laughs> it was a it was a rage quit moment of me not understanding the game, and then I started like playing around in the CLI and doing stuff with it. So I made my main character really strong, and I just wanted to see what would happen. But then I guess he failed a will save, and he got turned, and uh, just instantly slaughtered the rest of my party there was no spacing it was the beginning of encounter we were literally i think there were six of us and we were in six squares all next to each other and he turned as a monk and just each hit every single punch just exploded a party member it was just boom 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 they're all gone so what one of the things um that i'm a big fan of these games i i loved uh the Baldur's gate games for ps2 i loved the um the uh, you know Icewind Dale uh, computer game and Icewind Dale 2. I like Planescape Torment, all that stuff. And uh, they, you know they they did like 
new versions of them and they put them on iPad and you can buy them and basically any computer will run them now. Um, but they did enhanced versions of them and everything. Well, I've always wanted to be able just to kind of play these games portably and the tablet version of it and phone version of it is fine, but it's not, it's just not quite right because you don't have like either a joystick or a mouse and keyboard to kind of mm -hmm. move everybody around. Well, they released these games and kind of redid some of the the user interface and everything so that you can use it with a, a, a controller. And well, not really redid. They just they they made they mapped the controller button so that they'll do certain actions for you. Um, I, I, loving it. Just having the best time playing them on my Switch and my PS4. Unfortunately, it's hard to find them now because like every time they they re-release games, uh, like that compilation that you got, um, you know they re-release a certain amount and then they just don't print anymore. And so um, I, I I had that compilation also I I still have it around here somewhere in my in my um, uh, mid box DVD box um, collection of video games, uh, but you know I have still like the big boxes for Icewind Dale and I got them uh, when they were like the mid size box too. So uh, huge fan of these games and I if you like games like that or you liked them when you were younger. Uh, it's not quite the same experience as playing them on a on a PC, but if you've got uh, a Switch or a PS4, it is it is kind of fun to play them on it. Um, I mean, of course, you can buy them through the digital download, but I the the thing that really I'm sad about is like the the original game, like Icewind Dale and Baldur's Gate, that came with all this like cool stuff. So the manuals and uh, Icewind Dale came with like a cloth map and things like that and you know that the swag that came with them was really cool you don't even get like a booklet in <laughs> in the new versions uh you know not even like with a page of explanation on it so i'm a little sad about that but otherwise i i really i've enjoyed them a whole lot so uh if you if you were a fan of those things you probably should give it a a shake so to speak um, and if yeah. you're just getting into D and D now, it's a good it's a good kind of throwback to explain where D and D has come from. Yeah, I might give those a shot. We'll, we'll see. I didn't know they were on PlayStation, and they're not that expensive on there. No, they're not. So. I, uh, I think I got all of mine, um, and I, and I have them all on the uh, disc um, PS4 uh, disc versions. But I got all mine for like uh, sixty dollars for all three. So Neverwinter Nights, um, and Planescape Torment, um, Icewind Dale one, and I don't remember what the other one, and then the and then Baldur's Gate. Um, but it was it's like four or five games that you can get between all of them. So all right, I do have one question. I'm looking at screenshots for it now. Can you adjust? like the size of those like windows like the text window and stuff like that it depends on what on on what system you're on i don't think you can on the ps4 okay. um but it does it depends on the also the size of your monitor because it's not like it doesn't take up as much of the monitor as it looks like it does if you're on like a 27 inch monitor versus like a 43 or a 50. Well, yeah, and I was more like thinking about it because we have the PlayStation in our bedroom, 
Mm-hmm. And so I was looking for something to play like in bed, and I'm wondering how I'll be able to read that text. We you probably won't. You probably would need to be a little bit closer. I think the best experience then would probably be on the Switch. Because if you have a Switch, I don't know if you do or you don't. Yeah, well, I, I think that's a later topic, isn't it? But um, I will I will bring up, I don't have yeah. a Switch. We have a Switch Lite. And the well, reason we have a Switch York. Lite yeah. is because of what will be a topic later. Uh, yeah, it's true, true, very true. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, so completely switching stuff from talking about, you know, video games, uh, but still entertainment related. Uh, did you, so d- did you see the Dropkick Murphy's St. Paddy's Day concert? I didn't, know. All right, so, you know, Dropkick Murphy's every year on St. Patrick's Day, they go out and they do it like a live concert on like a float in the parade and all this other stuff, mm-hmm. and it's awesome. But, um, and I've never got to see them live. My wife, she used to live in Boston. She got to see him a whole bunch. And so we're both kind of fans of, of Dropkick Murphy's for different reasons. I'm like, you know, punk rock, heavy metal, like all that stuff at heart. And she's, you know, more classical music, but she was just really into like all those like fun things um, in, in Boston and everything. And so when, when they, they played, uh, you know, we've got, um, we do like foster parent stuff and everything like that. We got two girls with us right now, uh, that came right before we all got locked down. And, uh, we're also, you know, my wife and I are downstairs and we're just rocking out to this, this concert. It is so great. It's awesome. Having a fantastic time. And the, the girls are just kind of looking at us like, what are these two weirdos? I don't understand this at all. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was great. And there's been a couple other bands that have done some live concerts um, since, since then or done like some things where they've gotten together and they've still done recordings while the band was in like these kind of quarantine things. So you're getting these like kind of unique experiences that we could have always had, but we haven't really been experiencing um i i think there is something to be said and i I really i love live music but having having the experience of being able to be at home and like listen to the music as if it's kind of a recorded you know out but it's but they're playing it live and you're watching it at the same time it's uh, it's it's really this it's a fantastic thing because the, there's just nothing quite like, you know, watching a band actually play and perform the music that they're, you know, that that they're known for. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's unfortunate you didn't get to watch that. I don't remember if I even like told you about it or not. Yeah, I didn't know it was happening. Oh well. That, That's okay. That, I'll that catch, now that I know it's there, I'll catch it next year. Cause I, I don't have like any albums there because I listen to just individual songs. But I do got a couple other songs in my playlist. I, I think you could. I think you can go back and watch it. I think it's um, it, it's something that you can just watch now. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, yeah. If it's up on recording somewhere, maybe I'll check that out. Well, it's on YouTube. So. Okay. Yeah. Let Let me uh Let me look and see. I'll send you the the thing real quick on the YouTube. Dropkick Murphy's St. Patty Day Parade. Dropkick Murphy's. And, yep, streaming up from Boston. Um, the St. Patty's Day Parade. It was almost exactly a month ago today. 
but yeah, you can just watch it. I'll send you the uh, thing. It's two hours of awesome Dropkick Murphys stuff. Um, okay. So I won't put it in the in the notes, but I'll put it in our in our chat here. So there you go, man. You can watch it later. If even if you don't love their music, the energy in that concert's great. Um, I, I don't love every song they do, but you know that's how it is. So. Um, this this is a I'm 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 waiting to hear what you have to say about this, the the next topic we have here. So, um, yeah, uh, <laughs> I read that topic, <laughs> and it was like, well, that's something, I guess. <laughs> so t- Tinder's letting everyone swipe for free, um, or at least that's the but the 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 point is that there's a whole lot of things that are out there that people are letting happen for free and now dating sites are letting people swipe for free but is that really i mean look i, I don't I, I met my wife online through a dating site so it's not like i have any like prejudice against them but in this time does that really work out um that well for people because you know well, like, I don't know. I think the reason they're doing it is probably to keep some people in the user base and trying to get some more people to check it out. Because you're right, there's not a lot going on in that sector right now. Everybody's being forced to stay away. You know, some people aren't doing it, but you know, if you meet a new person online, you're not going to see them until your local lockdown is over. So maybe this is just a way to keep users engage, get new people in that maybe didn't want to try it before. I don't really know how Tinder makes its money. So I don't know if you normally pay or there's some sort of data collection metric they do. I think it's both. Um, Tinder definitely does data. But I believe that they they also have a a, uh, thing where you you pay. It's like a Tinder Um, premium or something? Yeah, I'm double checking right now. Um, so, but I, I'm pretty sure that there's, there's something like that. Um, but maybe I'm wrong. I mean, it, it may be that they just, that all they do is just let people swipe, but I'm, I'm pretty sure you have to pay for it at some point. Gotcha. I've never had a Tinder account. I thought that was funny. Uh, but there, I mean, there's other things like Bumble and, um, a couple of Oh yeah, other, a bunch of those, them are doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I, I think... Been doing it. For that to be happening there you know the company to do something for free generally a company just isn't i'm just going to be a big nice guy generally they're expecting some sort of payoff in the future you know like a lot of these companies that are doing like remote technologies that are giving their remote technologies away for free or heavily discounted are probably banking on the idea of hey you use our service you might decide you like our service and you'll decide to keep us when you know all this is over i think something similar has to be happening here it's like look the stuff that's going on would generally diminish our user base so let's remove some of the costs and hope people will continue to engage or we'll get new people and then when it's over they'll continue to want to use it absolutely it has to be something like that um and and they do have a they do have a pricing plan where i think it's like ten dollars a month if you're under 30 and if you're over 30 it's like 20 i mean i 
I can't well, it's say. almost sad. Yeah. It's like, oh, you're, <laughs> you're a little bit past your prime. It's going to cost more money for you to get in here. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think if I was single again, I would have a hard time finding somebody. Because I'm, I'm like, you know, I've gotten to that point that I'm like so far into having a relationship that I don't even know what it's like to like be like in trying to find a person yeah. to, to date or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. I, I've had some people ask me before since I'm married and I can give no advice. I met my wife through a mutual friend in high school and then we just dated for 10 years and got married. Yeah. You know, I, I, I wouldn't know what to do. I wouldn't know what to tell. I don't know what works now. I've never gone to a bar and like bought someone a drink or anything like that. <laughs> I just know, knowing how socially awkward we are too, that would just not be, <laughs> that, would, that would not be, uh, that would be like some sort of like the office comedy type situation. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah. So the, uh, but the, from a technology standpoint, I, I think it's really interesting how like companies like Facebook and other things like that are either trying to capitalize on the current situation or um, seem like they're being very generous while they're maybe not being as generous as they seem to be. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll admit for a lot of these tech companies, the things they're doing are beneficial to people. You know, I know like Cisco is giving away a lot of their products at, heavily reduced cost there's i think microsoft is doing some stuff with some hospitals you know those things are great and those things are definitely helping people but at the same time you know i think there's this underlying idea that they expect to make most of the money back that they spent on this or perhaps more because they're hoping to get new customers yeah exactly i, I agree completely with that i think i think they're expecting um expecting that well i mean they're trying to survive so i i i think that there is a difference between that because of most of those companies they have some sort of social responsibility built into their um their corporate practice you know cisco does that microsoft does it amazon is probably the least corporate corporate social responsibility company type um situation going on with with their stuff and they they even still have it i mean they they you know became a, a critical infrastructure partner for most of the world's countries and so they've um adjusted their practices to be able to make that happen um not all of their practices are good i'm not saying i agree with everything but um then then you have things like facebook and um you know, the, these other like companies that they mine data and then they, they basically, they consume it and they use it in anything. The motive of being able to get that data, even the VPN they tried to set up for third world countries was basically, well, and we're going to give you this VPN and it'll be great for you to be able to do all these things. And we're going to give you network service and we're going to do this and we're going to try to make it secure for everything that you do that's not us. So any other person that's gonna take advantage of you, we're gonna protect you from that, but the deal is we we get to take advantage of you. Um, so, I don't know. Um, it's a, it's, it's, that's a, 
that that is an interesting topic. I didn't expect for us to necessarily go there <laughs> based off Tinder uh, and and Bumble and all that, letting everybody swipe for free. But yeah, um, so in a in a slight change of topic, how does uh, how does my mic sound right now? I'll admit, um, if you're going to throw out at me that you're doing something different, it doesn't really sound any different than it did last time. But it does still sound good. That's great. Uh, so, I mean, we're still using, you know, we've got our setup with Discord and everything like that. And I turned on the noise suppression, um, okay. which we're we're going to talk about, like, in another episode, you know, some of the options that are out there for some of the really cool technologies that are coming out. Um, but uh, I switched up to using one of our... Um, stand mics i got like a arm okay. uh, thing and i just bumped the mic so hopefully it, did, it didn't make a bunch of noise but uh I, I switched up to getting a stand mic uh instead of my um microphone that i was using uh, uh for my headset the one that i normally use when we play D D. so um it, this has ended up being a lot more comfortable too and i and i'm not as worried about like bumping things or moving my hand in front of my face or something like that so yeah, so it's ended up being a pretty good podcasting setup too, I think. So you got anything else you want to say about uh, any of these topics? No, I think I'm good for now. All right, well, then this has been Season 3, Episode 5 of the Beer and Broadband Podcast. We really thank all the people that are out there keeping us supported right now. Uh, and not necessarily about the podcast, but just letting other people live. So... Uh, all the necessary infrastructure people, uh, whether you're grocery store worker or sanitation worker or just a person who cleans stuff, you're uh, you're really awesome. Thank you so much um, for that, and uh, just keep on keep on keeping on. We're we're all here, um, you know, in support of you. I think so. Uh, otherwise, thank you for listening, and we will talk to you next time.